This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I am your host, Arzu, and with me today to wind down our Master and Padawan series, I have two very special guests joining me. So I have Maggie. Hello. And I have Alberto. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Doing good. I am excited because today we are talking Masters and Padawans. We're also looking to the future of the High Republic. We are looking to the future of the Jedi. I know when it's the three of us talking High Republic, things tend to take a very Nile turn. We yes. are not doing that today. We're going to do our best to not do that today. Um, but I like yeah. that we're trying our best. We're not yeah. going to achieve it. It will be my turn today to turn the tide and bring it back to now somehow. I don't we're know. Maybe one of them needs a Padawan or something. Well, okay, we can we can talk about that because the minute you said it, I immediately went Marsha and Cricks, obviously. But okay, we will we will come back to that. So, before we get into the High Republic, sort of as an era, um, I like to kick this off by asking: When you think on screen masters and padawans, so existing masters and padawans that we have in TV and film, who are the first pair that come to mind for you? Uh, I'll start and I'll go with the obvious. I listened to some of the previous shows that you were doing. And of course, it's the one that everyone says is, of course, it's Obi-Wan and Anakin, the one that jumps to mind. But okay, that's been talked already. So I'll go, I'll, I'll keep Obi-Wan as a pala one with Qui-Gon. That's exactly where I was going to go. There, there we go. <laughs> I'll let you talk a little bit more about it. But it's thanks to Master and Apprentice, of course, we learn a little bit more about their, their relationship when we meet them in Phantom Menace. And unfortunately, by the end of Phantom Menace, we know what happens. Obi-Wan loses his master, then unfortunately has to become a master to Anakin. Is he ready to become a master? Probably not, but he can't do anything about it. So that previous relationship was very interesting because they were still learning a lot from each other. Qui-Gon wasn't sure if he was gonna be a good master to Obi-Wan, they couldn't, they didn't have that connection that he thought masters and apprentices should have. So it was great learning how that kind of evolved when we meet them in Phantom Menace. And I know it's not on screen, but it still counts because it's characters that we've seen. But just the relationship in Master Apprentice was really interesting to me. And real quick before I let Maggie jump in, not movies, but I'll keep with books kind of related to High Republic's Dooku and Yoda, because Yoda is kind of not even present as a master for him. But then he forms his relationship with this other, I wrote it down because I forgot, this Jedi seeker, Lene Costana, I'm sorry if I butcher her name, who's this seeker looking for Sith artifacts. And we know he was interested in all that. So finding a mentor that wasn't his own master, but kind of guide him to what then happened in Dooku Jedi Lost and everything with Count Dooku was just another great way to look at that type of master and apprentice relationship or mentor, I guess, instead of a master. I'm glad you brought that up. I think I want to touch back on that when, when we get to the High Republic. But but Maggie, so you wanted to say Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan too. Yeah, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. That <laughs> is, like like Alberto said, like your first instinct is to be like Obi-Wan and Anakin. But I feel like the first introduction um, to Anakin's character, you have the shades of that relationship between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And that really is the launch point for how Obi-Wan and Anakin's um, Padawan master relationship kind of transitions from. And Obi-Wan is so drastically different from Qui-Gon Jinn in terms of how he is as a master. And I think that's because his journey is cut short as a Padawan mm -hmm. with Anakin. And, you know, it was really interesting. Um, the other day, Candace and I were on Outer Rim um, Reads, and we were talking about, um, he, of course, has not read very far into right. <laughs> Light of the Jedi. And so it was really hard for Candace and I, but he <laughs> kept talking about Loden and Belle and their relationship and how much it reminded him of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And it took everything. This is obviously, I can say spoilers here, right? Yeah, yeah, spoil okay. very spoiler. Okay. It took everything within my power not to be like, oh yeah, he definitely gets the Qui-Gon treatment. <laughs> um, 
And it made me wonder, like, if there's going to be some of those shades in the High Republic for Bell, because Bell's definitely at a, a, a junction in his life where he's dealing with that loss. And to see if there's any shades of that coming through in the upcoming Obi-Wan and Anakin book that we're getting from Mike Chen, and if there's any of that kind of connectivity and through lines being drawn to how Padawans, like, cope with, you know, this loss. I like that. I did. I hadn't made the load in bell quite. I hadn't either. Connection. And it, it took so much, so much <laughs> strength not to say something. Cause I was like, yeah, pretty shocking too. <laughs> and you know, and we're getting some of that sound. too with, you know, if something bad happens to skier. Um, mm -hmm. I still don't think skier is out of the woods. Um, especially knowing what we know from, I, th I think it's in a Dooku, it's a Jedi, Dooku Lost. Jedi Lost. Yeah. Um, connecting that back to what Alberto was saying. Like we know that something bad's going to happen with Keeve that takes her away from the Jedi. I mean, fortunately we know that she makes it at least a master before it happens. Mm -hmm. um, but does she become a master because something happens to her master? I mean, like does she battlefield promotion? Very, very Anakin. Yeah. And and quite not quite gone and obi-wan and obi-wan promoted on the spot so so this and I'm, I'm hoping we get more of that digging into that that psyche and where the the padawans are mentally when they lose their because yeah. even in, into the dark which is my favorite so far of the high republic book when they're doing those kind of flashbacks to comac mm -hmm. and all that he's talking about when you lose your master and then you're told to just yeah just forget about it Spend your whole life with this person, they're yeah. your parental figure, and then the Jedi Order tells you to not feel anything where they die, and that doesn't make sense. So it would be great to kind of see this now in this prequel trilogy with the Brotherhood book, knowing, of course, what happens between yeah. Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yes, that's, I mean, that's what interests, interested, interests me more about this master and apprentice relationship and Jedi in general is that kind of in between because it's very easy to say, oh, great Jedi, they all balance the light and the dark or whatever, mm -hmm. or say, or whatever, or oh, if Anakin could have gotten a little bit more help, we know he had a bunch of different issues or different people trying to change his psyche. Yeah. But having that conversation between Anakin and Obi-Wan of what it means to actually follow the force or follow the order, follow the, the force, while trying to maintain this master and apprentice relationship, it's very interesting. I hope do they do touch on it a little bit more. So we'll see. I think it's interesting with with Obi Wan because he loses Qui Gon and he's obviously very shaken. But mm -hmm. unlike you know the kids in the High Republic, where either they are Bell and they lose their master and they have the space to either deal with that or not deal with that. Comac, same thing. And then Keeve, who's got Skier, being like, "It's fine. Move on with your life." <laughs> Whereas she's clearly not ready to do that, but. With Obi-Wan, he loses his master and then immediately has to throw himself into something else. He never gets that space as an individual to deal with it. So I feel like he is... I don't like dragging Obi-Wan because you know Obi-Wan's my boy, but <laughs> I feel like he is not setting Anakin up for any kind of healthy relationship with grief because he doesn't know what that looks like. Yeah, himself. I mean, yeah. And I love Obi-Wan. I'll defend him with you side by side. He <laughs> can't do wrong. He did wrong. No, he didn't. He's per almost perfect. He's perfect. Yes, he is. Uh, but you're right. And I was listening to one of your shows with Candace also talking about Obi-Wan's and Qui-Gon's kind of ending and he feeling the need to take on Anakin. Is it something that he wanted or like you, you've said already, he wasn't ready for it and they're both learning on the job basically, which is what I like when we go into the High Republic. Some of the master-apprentice relationship, they're still learning how to be masters how to deal with new apprentices, because a lot of these are apprentices that lost their masters, and they have to pick a new one. And I don't know if where else they've talked about this, but going back to Dooku Jedi Lost, the way that masters and padawans are chosen is very personal. Mm -hmm. To now have that connection kind of broken and say, yeah, I'm just picking you because you're next to me, basically, or I'm going to make it my duty. But there might not be that connection to then extend to a good relationship which might have been what happened with Anakin and Obi-Wan. They were very similar, but when you need a mentor in that capacity, it's not just a similarity, it's just knowing how to 
kind of deal with differences and when issues comes up and maybe they were too similar in certain regards that kind of mess everything up when when they got bad for Anakin. Okay, so I think this is a good a good transition point into the higher public and specifically people maybe taking Padawans before they're ready. So <laughs> just before we started recording, we were talking about sort of who the faves are. And Vernestra is like a common denominator. Like everybody loves Vernestra. I feel like everybody worries about Vernestra. And I know it makes me really worried how like we all love her. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you all planning? Yeah, like what are you setting up? I'm scared. But Vernestra is a perfect example of somebody who she didn't lose her master. She just graduated probably earlier than she should have. And then <laughs> takes a Padawan before she is ready. I think before the Padawan is ready to move on from the loss of his master. So Imri and then Imri being the bad one. And then Vernestra is obviously not ready to teach. She's only two years older than him. So so let's let's start with, with Vernestra as a master before we talk Vernestra's Padawan because we don't even really know what that looks like. So what are your thoughts on, on our girl? Is she headed for a meltdown? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Gifted kid burnout. Hey. <laughs> so I will say yes, not just because of the having to be a master, just everything else that's going on in her life. Now that we learned that she had this connection when she travels through hyperspace and all that is coming back. And by the end of Rising Storm, she has this connection now with uh, Santeca, which now she gives her, her the last path or something. So that's there. She has issues with her former master. She doesn't trust him to some point to tell her, tell him about his her light whip and that all the hyperspace kind of visions are coming back. So there's a lot of stuff going on in her mind as a 17-year-old. So no, she's not ready, but she felt the responsibility, I guess, to take a take a part of one, make it Imri for what happened on a test of courage. He touched the dark side. She was there to rightfully so, put him in his place. And then she kind of felt bad for him, has to take him as his Padawan. And then Imri has his own issues that we can talk about later, but yeah, I think something's gonna happen in that relationship. But it's also, there's a lot going on apart from that. I think might come back to kind of break apart what she's trying to build with Imri. Do you think what's going to break them apart is one of them falling to the dark? Or do you think it's just going to be somebody from the order stepping in and being like, you know what, this isn't working for either of you and just splitting them up or Vanessa even giving him up? I don't know. I, almost, I can't see her doing that because that would be admitting failure. But I almost feel like we're getting ready to reach a point where so much is going to hit the fan that these issues that they're having will probably fall through the cracks and then come to a interpersonal crux. So meaning like that this will be the underlying issue, but what ultimately drives the conflict is going to be something different. Yeah. I, just because I feel, I, I don't know, knowing that something bad is, you know, <laughs> on the horizon. On the horizon. <laughs> I just feel like that's the kind of things that get lost in the shuffle. And so that, Vern will have to deal with it like on her own without so much guidance from people more qualified than her. <laughs> Cause I don't think she's going to stop in the middle of like something and be like, Hey, this isn't working for me. Um, she's just going to like stuff it down and move on. And then something's going to happen. I, I don't know. I can just see that, you know, when you like ignore something that's like not working and yeah. then you reach the point where like, oh, I should have said something like two weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. We've all, we've all hit that point. I'll hit that point. And I see her as that kind of character because she's very good at just being like, yep. Okay. Got it. Moving forward. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> the gift I think gift. on that same kind of vein, I think her duties are going to take her somewhere else. All this mm -hmm. stuff with Mary Santeca and everything else that's happened, I think it's going to take her to a different place. And she's just going to not say, hey, I don't want to be your master anymore. but kind of push him toward a more seasoned master to, hey, just hang out with this person for a while because I got to go do this. And that is going to create some friction because I think Imri is not going to want that. And then Imri being this 
for sensitive or whatever he can feel other people's thoughts or empath he's an empath. empath thank you which is a very powerful kind of force to have out there he doesn't know how to control it really and that if he gets inside her mind and sees everything that she's dealing with i think that also is going to create some conflict hey you don't trust me enough to tell me what's going on and it might be like maggie saying she's just trying to stuff some stuff down and if he finds out that some of that might have to do with him or he feels that she's just doing this to protect him protect him or he we know from a test of courage he wants to prove how good he is that might also cause some friction but I think a lot of it kind of stands from what you guys have said before that she was just thrown to this world as a Jedi Knight too early. 16 years old, yeah, you pass your your exam. Here you go, now take a master. And she's more comfortable talking to Avar than to Stella, which yeah, I know she doesn't want to let him down, but again, you're supposed to have this relationship with your master. And if she doesn't feel that, then that's, more issues that unfortunately she might have to deal with in the near future. As loath as I am to critique Stellan, because again, I love him. Um, I feel like the reason she feels like she can't talk to him is probably got a lot to do with how quickly she cycled through her apprenticeship <laughs> mm -hmm. because she couldn't have been there for more than a handful of years. Whereas everybody else seems to be like raised by their master. Stellan's almost like the, like the reluctant dad, like the one who just kind of has a kid he has to raise, but isn't totally sure what to do with her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, like that. I don't know what to do with this. It's a, it's a child. <laughs> I have the, like, I love him so, so much, but Stellan's <laughs> the one who has the kids for the weekend and really doesn't know what to do with them. Like, that's, that's the vibe, as good as he is at everything else. So I, mean, I feel like, and my first kid, I didn't know what to do for the first few months, so I don't understand where he's coming from. Do you think <laughs> that Stella and that Vanessa was really ready for the trial, or he just kind of not just pushed her, but it was more for him, for him to prove that, oh, yeah, my father was the, the youngest one to do this, or was she re really ready? Is it, did he do it for her, or was it more for him? I, I have said this before, but I think that's the problem when you've got a gifted kid raising a gifted kid there is nobody to check their overachieving instinct so he's like you can do it she's like i know i can do it and then neither of them is stopping the other one so they're just kind of building off of each other and then she does her trials before she's ready and he's like yay and she's like i did it i'm the youngest padawan they're like great yeah bye okay bye like, yeah at the end of that that's what i think happened but i, fully Maggie, I don't agree know what with you that. think no I, I fully agree with that i I don't think it was selfishness. I think it was just like, yeah, I'm so good at being a master <laughs> that obviously my Padawan is ready to like move on to bigger and better things. And then I don't have a Padawan anymore to deal with. Ha ha. Victory. I, I don't think he's like a cruel man. Like if he no. said, Vanessa, are you ready for the trials? And she's like, absolutely not. He wouldn't have pushed her. No, like, he but because like, they're both cool. like, yeah, but, I'm the best. I'm, I've got it. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it was him being like you good to go she's like yeah i'm good to go and then she graduated and way before she was ready narrator she was not in fact good to go <laughs> so okay so we touched on them a bit before but i do want to cycle back to loden and bell and then skier and keith who i feel like are two sides of the same coin almost mm -hmm. because one of them did not end well and i sense the other one won't either so so let's talk Let's start loading and bell. Let's start with them. So obviously this relationship has reached its end. But where do we think they fall in terms of like how this is going to end up for Bell now? Because he's the one we have to consider for the future. Oh, at least he has a dog to help okay. cope with this. Emotional support dog. There you go. That's something that Anakin and Obi-Wan didn't have when they lost the master. Um, I don't know. I'll, okay, I'll start with this. I'll be honest. I know everyone loves Belle, and she's a great character. I don't fall in that category that he's in my top five Jedi or whatever. I understand that we all feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him. But it's, I don't know. I haven't thought too much about where he's going. But unfortunately, not just with Loden, we've seen the rising storm, everything that he has to go through, almost dies. 
And then I forget the name of the new master. He was again a master. He was assigned that they don't have that connection because in his Indira. mind, so, right? Sorry? Indira, Indira Stokes. Indira Stokes. Yes, he's still thinking that Loden is out there, and of course he finds him at the end, and eh, not so much. But really, not a lot of them left. No, just a little whisper little, wind. Little um, but I don't even know where to go now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think it's similar that he has a master that doesn't understand him or the other way around. And I mean, I don't think he's going to fall or go to the dark side similar to Anakin, given what happened. But it's going to be very difficult for him to, I, I don't know, build that relationship again with someone or how to deal with the force and what he's asking him to do. Having gone through all this kind of trials and yes, I finally found my master again. Oh no, he's dead and in my hands because I was too too late or something. He kind of pushed me out of the way to save me and then he, he died. So I don't know what's gonna happen to him. I do feel bad. He has a little puppy to help him at least. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Maggie, how about you? <laughs> well, no, like that. the thing is there's like 40 characters. Like we can't have all 40 yeah. characters in our top five, right? So, no. Maggie, how about you? Strong I, feelings for Bell? I don't think that Bell's going to fall to the dark side or anything like that. I don't see that in his trajectory. I feel like he... <sighs> too obvious? It would be too obvious. And I feel like they are going to subvert expectations on who that is that falls to the dark side. Because I feel like we, we have to have somebody of this lot fall and it better not be elzar um i, get, I feel like elzar is also obvious. too obvious but is he <laughs> we all keep calling him anakin so it's too mm. obvious it's too obvious so, um, do you think one of the big three is gonna fall he melt stella no avar one of them is gonna fall anything. dude if it's avar i will laugh <laughs> i will laugh and i will laugh you will hear me laugh from virginia if anything happens to stellan I will fight. I don't know who I'm fighting, but I will fight. I cannot All wait to see you go like fisticuffs with Cabot and Charles and Daniel. <laughs> Watch me. I'll do it. <laughs> Throw down the glove at celebration and be like, you hurt my boy. <laughs> my For legal son, reasons, my this is a joke. Boy. My boy. Look what they've done to my boy. I'm just going to full on Amos degree it right on the floor at celebration and just sob. <laughs> It's going to be a whole thing, but oh okay. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Fall. Going back. I, I don't think that it's going to be Belle. And honestly, I don't know. I feel like while we've gotten a lot of Belle, we haven't really gotten a lot of his emotional state. Like he, of the Padawans and even some of the Jedi Knights that we have been introduced to, he's the one that I don't have a feel for how he would react to situations like Keeve or Lula or Vernestra. I feel like I kind of could, could see the patterns of where they would head. Um, so I'm hoping this next wave gives us a little bit more of Bell and the fallout of all of that and how he is reacting. I just said, I don't have a good feel on him yet. And it's weird because like he played a pretty central role in, in two books, but it's it's interesting now that you both say that because like it's true we spend a lot of time with bell but things are happening to bell mm -hmm. and it's like very physical things are happening to bell and it's not his fault that these things are all happening so quickly that he doesn't have time to stop and process any of it no but and then his major process of losing his master all happens off screen or off the page. So we don't even really see that. We just see him with Indira poorly adjusted. But like he goes to Valo and immediately everything goes wrong. So he doesn't even really have time to process it there. So so I, I, I would agree that I hope the next time we see Bell, it'll be a little more internal, introspective. What's he like on the inside kind of thing? Which is yeah. which brings me then to Keeve, because Keeve's story has largely been told in the comics. And in Tempest Runner, she was like in Tempest Runner, but it wasn't really her story. But do you, my hope going forward, especially if she's going to be one of the ones to fall, as we know from Dooku Jedi Lost, is that Keith 
makes the jump from comics to prose mm-hmm. just because the like the novels give you an opportunity to get inside someone's head in a way comics just don't because that's not the nature of the medium so I wondered what your thoughts on that were so as you know I'm behind on the comics apart from Monster at Temple Peak I haven't read any comics but I know of Keith and Skier sorry don't I know this is just audio but Maggie's giving me the side eyes <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to them eventually. Probably not. I'll try. I'll do my best. Um, so what I know mostly about her is from the little bit at the beginning of Tempest Runner when they're trying to catch Lorna. And at this point, mm-hmm. I think she's already kind of passed her trials. She's already a knight. She's not with Skier anymore. But I do sense that there's some... Um, he Skier doesn't kind of treat her as a pilot one. They kind of are... Side by side, kind of. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know where her story might go. I'm kind of not afraid, or I mean, there's only one trainee out there, one master trainee. I mean, she's not a master, but in Duku Jedi Laws, Yoda says, Oh, master trainees. I don't know if this is too obvious, and maybe we find out that there's someone else out there, and we're thinking it's, it's Keith. Uh, maybe not. Because everyone, since that came out, everyone's been piling on Cave. And what are you going to do to Cave? Don't do this. And he's been a little bit coy about it. So, I mean, they've I don't all know. said be... that they intentionally set up a lot of High Republic character mentions and stuff that they've already written before. Okay. So I feel like feel like that is her, and that makes it even worse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and when I read it, I'm like, oh, because I had read High Republic first, so I knew about Keith Trennis. And then I got Duku Jedi Lost. I'm like, oh no, it's, it's, no, don't, don't do this. But yeah, there are a lot of similarities, of course, because same writer. And I, I guess they started kind of planting the seeds back then. A lot of similarities between what's going on in Duku Jedi Lost with High Republic. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Keith because I unfortunately haven't followed her that long. But and I guess she went undercover with the Nihil, and I'm yes. sure that's gonna come back at some point. She she knows a little bit of what's going on, so maybe those thoughts come back at some point. So that's what I thought was going to happen when we saw the cover of her putting the helmet on. I thought she had like broken bad, she was done, she was <laughs> leaving the order. I'm like, okay, no, she was just undercover. But you're right, that idea is now in her head that maybe not the Nihil, but maybe not the Jedi either. Yeah, and she just went through a lot uh, in the most recent High Republic comic issue um, while with the Nile. Some not cool things happened <laughs> to Sarah. So um, I read about those. Yeah, I still haven't written my review for that. Well, it's, my review's written. I just haven't published it yet because I was like, well, that wasn't too good, guys. <laughs> um <laughs> But I feel like she is going through a lot in the short period of time. And I am very, very worried for her. Because um, I think Skier is still going through a lot mentally um, after being, you know, part of the Dren Gear hive mind for a while there. And now with what just happened to Sarah and just everything that's going on with the Nile, I'm... I'm scared. I'm very scared. And I can't I can't figure out exactly like what's going to happen. Like is she going to die tragically in battle? Is that what the sad part of reflecting on her as a Jedi is for Yoda? Did she leave the Jedi order? Did she go dark? Like there's three paths for what could be sad. Or is it just sad because she went through so much and Yoda's like reflecting on all the crap that went on? Like what? I feel like it's not going to be her just going down in battle because then it wouldn't be the lost 20. It would be like thousands yeah. because, you know, yeah. just, it happens. It's the nature of the job. But if there's only 20 people memorialized in this hall, like their leaving circumstances are obviously unique, which makes me think it's not only going to be sad, generally speaking, but it's going to hurt gonna hurt us because like ty york wasn't mentioned and we know that ty left and ty is not part of the 20. it's another Another perfect jedi out there though (laughs) it's just not a jedi jedi but 
Ty York. Horse user. I, I love Ty York so much. Oh, so good. If you have not read Monster at Temple Peak, please do. Monster of yeah. Temple Peak. As someone that doesn't read the comics, I have read that one. So, yes, I'll give my stamp of approval. <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> Did you read it for Ty Yorick? Uh, maybe. <laughs> hey, I look. respect that. <laughs> you got to follow your faves, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, so I know the the last Padawan that we absolutely wanted to mention was Lula, who doesn't who doesn't get enough love and who should definitely get more. Yes, I love Lula's story and the comics. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, they she she is in um, the High Republic Adventures that Daniel Jose Older writes. And those have really become. It's so hard. To be like, oh, this is my favorite. Because I love all of the comics, but I really love some of the characters in that one. Um, I'm totally blanking on Crix's friend. Oh, um, Marine. Yes. Marine, yeah. Marine? Yes. No. Yes? It sounds like that. I'm blanking on her name. I meant to write Zine. it down. Zine. Zine Mario. That's what it is. Yes. There was an uh, ending there somewhere. <laughs> you were close. You had the sound right. Um yeah, Zine. I really love Zine. I really love how right from the start they very much intentionally positioned them as two sides of the same coin, um, particularly in the way that the art was drawn. They literally had like the side by side pictures of their faces, very much showing that they were going through similar journeys um, with Zine discovering that she was force sensitive and finding a place with the Jedi while also still feeling this connection to Cricks and everything that's going on with Cricks. Um, and I, I love Lula's relationship with all the other Padawans. You've got Court, you've got Frazala, and Frazala is one of my favorites, but I'm waiting for him to get a little bit more storytelling. He had a short little arc, um, but I haven't really gotten as much as I, I wanted of that character. He was the first character design I saw from Project Luminous, and I was like, that's going to be my favorite. And then he's barely been used. It's fine. It's He'll fine. get his moment. He'll get, He'll get his moment. Um, but I just love that group of Padawans because they mostly are stuck together, unsupervised. <laughs> and they're just like sent out to do things. Um, and it's just kind of fun to see them all figuring out who they are as Jedi and as people. And then you have Court, whose master like takes a siesta for like <laughs> a while uh which i thought was so funny and at such an inopportune moment um but That's i think that's supervised he's napping Sai <laughs> is trying to run everything like making sure that the ship is flying so the kids are like this is cool they're just having a blast um but i think that one if you really love padawans uh which is just unchaperoned children um with lots of powers uh i definitely recommend the higher public adventures because they're just they're so fun, but also filled with tragedy as well. Of course, because it's not right. Project Lumen. It's not the High Republic. No. It doesn't hurt. So I have read Race to Crash Point Towers that has Lula in it. So at least mm -hmm. I can speak a little bit about this. And it's this is my first introduction to the character. Sorry again. But it's another great character, another young Jedi that's trying to do more, wants to do more with her life. She wants to be the best Jedi out there, and she knows she's ambitious, and she shouldn't be wanting this thing, because it's, it's not the Jedi way. Then along comes her friend Vernestra, this gifted Jedi, and kind of brings her back down. You're still young, take your time. But yes, that relationship between all those young characters, even just that middle grade book, that makes me understand why they're so beloved out there by everyone that's reading the comics. Because just the, the little parts that she's in there as a secondary character uh, behind Ram, it's great to learn about this character and to know that there are Jedi out there that want more, that are not just, yeah, this is the Jedi code and the Jedi Order sent me to do this, that, and whatever, and my master said this. But yeah, they're just kids, teenagers just sent out in the world trying to one-up each other. But unfortunately, when you're a Jedi, that comes with certain responsibilities. And I think it's it works for her to then have Vernestra kind of come in and just a little bit older than her, I think, and kind of put a, a little bit of stop to it and help her kind of, okay, let me think about it. And then by the end, I think she kind of gets what's going on. I don't know what's happened afterwards in the comics after this, but yeah, it's pretty good character out there. That I, again, unfortunately, I haven't 
read too much about her, but the little bit that I have has been pretty interesting. I joked about this before. I don't remember if it was on the recording or off, but um, because we usually take a Nile turn, <laughs> Marcian Rowe has a Padawan. <laughs> he does. Which the you see tricks. a tiny bit of him in Out of the Shadows. Not enough, mm. frankly. I think that could have been interesting if he had popped up in like Crash Point Tower because he's Zine's best friend. But Critics mm. is basically Martian's Padawan. He has a tiny little Martian cosplay that he likes to wear when he's yelling <laughs> at people. And I just felt the need to mention that because it's the three of us and I'm contractually obligated to bring him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what he is. It's not our fault. Mm -hmm. And look, he's out here using Loden's like lightsaber and stuff. I mean, he's becoming yes, he's the thing with the Jedi that we don't he's know. He's becoming what. the thing he hates. Yeah, <laughs> I think he doth protest too much about his own hate. He just really <laughs> wants to be a Jedi. He's yeah. like, I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pick me when they come to, came to they our planet. They never came to take me. They never came to take me away from my parents. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but his people are force user, or not force users, force sensitive in any case. He's bitter. He He's just bitter that he wasn't, he didn't meet that threshold. His midi-chlorian count yeah, was we're high enough. enough. <laughs> and he just Let didn't me get show you. <laughs> Okay. So now looking forward to the future, I think we kind of touched on people we are excited to see. We didn't talk about Reith and Comac at all. <laughs> I know, I know. Let's go back. Let's back it up. Reef and Comac. Because they are one of, I think, the big... It's I'm like Renestra and Imperate. Right, Reef start. and Comac, so, they're the... So if you guys out there have listened to me in any of my High Republic show, I'll go and talk about how much I love Comac, especially in Into the Dark. Him and Ola Jureni became my favorite characters in that book and probably some of my favorite Jedi just because of the way they see themselves in the order and following the force and all that comes in between. But by the end of Into the Dark, we now have Reith that have lost his, lost his master, Jorah Mali. And Reith is someone, he wants to stay in Coruscant, just leave me by the books in the library. I don't want to be out there going on adventures and Comac. He's out there just trying to help people. So, but it's very similar that Comac just, Pick Rita, his father. One, there was no one else. And he felt the need to. Okay, I need this kid because he's he lost his master, and I'm feeling not like Ola that went way seeking side to the way seeker that oh, the order is not working for me. I gotta follow the force. He went no, my connect not my connection is lost, but my I guess connection to the order is kind of faltering. I gotta find that again. So I'll do that with this new father one. Which again is that the best way to pick a Padawan? Just because, yeah, you lost your you lost your master. I need a Padawan. Let's go. But Reith, as we know, apart from it all comes down to back to Vernetra because he has his little crush on her. <laughs> but Kobak, even though I love him because I love his view of the order and the force, he's not the best judgment guy out there. Um, and we talked about, and I'll thank you guys, talking about colonization in the High Republic. He made the bad choice of taking the idols out of the Amaxing station back to Coruscant, because we know better, better, and then all hell break loose. And then in, into the dark, I mean, in Out of the Shadows, when we meet him and Reef, they're coming from this other planet that's having a galactic uh, civil dispute, and they brought crates and crates of museum artifacts just to keep them safe while they decide who's going to be the political group in charge or something. No, you don't do that. You don't take stuff because they're not going to bring it back. Because that's what the Jedi do. So I think even though I love his view on the Order, I think he's still not the best judge of character. And I think this he might not be the best master out there for Reith. But again, Reith is this brand new Jedi Padawan, lost his master, he just wants to stay home and just read books and Comac is out there just not going on adventures, but kind of getting involved in all these other cultures, which again is something that Reith wants just to learn more. So I'm very interested, interested to see how that works because a lot of the High Republic kind of is geared around all these young characters and how they're dealing with everything that's going on around them. 
And I think Reef is kind of in between of, yeah, there's a war going on, but I don't want to be involved in it. And then Comax the other way that now we got to go fight out there and help out. But at the same time, trying to keep all these artifacts safe. So it's, I don't know, it's a weird relationship out there with everything else that's going on in the High Republic world. So I am interested to see what happens with poor Reef. Reef lost his best friend to the Barash Vow. I mean, Vanessa doesn't want, yeah, you're my, you're my buddy. We'll leave it there. And Imri gives his scowls. Don't look at my master that way. So uh, I don't know. I feel bad. I know people hey. feel bad for Bell. I feel bad for Reef. At least he has the crush on, um, oh man. my God. Man, yes. Man. Oh, just bring him back in now. Come on. You gotta be. I mean, Nan's got a crush on Martians, so I don't like Reef's chances. No. But no. then again. Martians also, a, Martians also got a crush on Martians, so I feel like <laughs> Martian I mean. likes himself a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> little too much. So you know what, Nan? Reef is a nice guy. <laughs> um, yeah, usually I am not into the whole like choose the good guy thing, but I'm just saying, Nan, like Reef's there and I could get some good like enemies to lovers content. You know, we've got the the Jedi Masters having their little will they won't they thing, Avar, Elzar. Um, but I just I, I feel like I need some good Jedi Nile Star crossed enemies to lovers romance going on. I hope the uh, masquerade bring us brings us that. Okay, well, Reef is on the cover for Midnight Horizon. Midnight Horizon is where the masquerade is happening. That's so what I'm saying. If Reef like infiltrates the masquerade and Nan is there, maybe the vibes will be excellent. Okay, so now looking to the future of the High Republic. So I know there are mumblings back and forth that these things might hit the big screen or the small screen, but, you know, come off the page, so to speak. I know we've all talked sort of loose fan casting before, mostly regarding the adults, but let's talk fan casting for our, for like our masters and Padawans. So I'm not going to get on my Henry Cavill soapbox for Martian. <laughs> oh no, look, I just did. Look how that worked out. Oh no. Don't no. do that. <laughs> but otherwise, I wondered what your thoughts on this were. Because I know Maggie and I kind of had a thread going for some of the older characters, but we didn't really talk about the Padawans. Yes. Um, I guess I'll go first to spare Alberto from having to come up <laughs> with fan casting. Um, so since the very first time that I saw um, Farzala um, Terrible, I was like, I know exactly who I want for him. Um, he plays um, a character on the TV show On My Block on Netflix. Uh, his name is Diego Tinoco. And he has the same shaped eyebrows as Farzala. <laughs> They're like very, very sharp, angular eyebrows. And he's got like the right jawline. I showed Arzu a picture of him. He, he has like truly a, looks like Farzala. A very feline look, um, which of course, you know, Zagarians. Um, so yeah, that is my like number one pick. And ironically, my pick for um, Kiev is from on my block as well and that is the actress um sarah capri who just has like the right kind of i um, don't want to put up with your nonsense attitude um and then for lula i had lovey simone uh who i just like absolutely adore and for bell i had kadar williams sterling who is in sex education also on Netflix. Can you tell I watch a lot of Netflix television? <laughs> hey, look, that's where the up-and-comers are. It's the patterns are the up-and-comers. It's true. I had a really hard time trying to figure out who I wanted for Wraith. Um, and I feel like this is like white boy of the week response. Um, Tom Holland. I just, I was like, in the likelihood of anybody actually being on screen, I could see Tom Holland getting that just because the Marvel, Disney star wars star wars connection and he is kind of like you feel sorry for him and he's still got he's he's gonna look boyish for a little while longer and how so I, old is tom holland because i keep wanting 20, to say he's like 28 three okay so i'm like tom holland's almost 30 but that's not right now no he's he's younger than me that's why i'm always like you guys thirst over the child that's fine <laughs> 
Um, he baby. It's not part <laughs> he of the is, show. Clearly, he is baby. <laughs> he baby. Um, and I just feel like he has that like, like roundish boyish face, but still looks like older that Wraith kind of has in the pictures. It's so hard because like every picture we see of these characters, they look different because a different artist draws them. Do, do the eye eyebrows match or no? <laughs> they can no. be made to match. Oh, they can be go. made to match. Um, <laughs> The Diego and, just came ready. He's like, just in case they're ever casting for Zala, yes. let me make sure that my eyebrows are on point. Um, they have a point too. That's, it's funny you say that. Um, <laughs> and then I only came up with a couple of the masters. Um, I still really loved our like Comac Dev Patel casting. Yes. Um, yeah. Though I'm obviously flexible for that one. Um, no, I'm but also Dev flexible. Patel and Tom Holland bouncing off of each other now. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Um, I'm also super flexible with my Avar casting. Like, I love Sofia Di Martino as her. I do picture Avar as as British. Um, so either her or Jodie Whittaker are like my top picks. And I know a Ooh. lot of people want Brie Larson, but I just I don't personally see it. Um, and then we mentioned Wayseekers earlier, and I had what I think you and I came up with the one for Orla. Uh, which was Jimma Chan, yeah. which even more so after just seeing Eternals. But that was like my my short list. I had I I have a Stellan fan cast. Now here's the problem. He really looks like Stellan Gios to me. He's a Turkish actor whose name I cannot for the life of me remember. You know what? I have our thread saved so I can actually like please because I just <laughs> cannot for the life of me remember his name. And I know a lot of people like Ben Barnes for the role. And I'm like, you know what? I'm flexible. Like, I understand this would probably be an English language production. We want to get English speaking actors. Like, totally cool. Ben Barnes. But at the same time, this man, like, that variant cover they released of Stellan's face, like, where it's all up close. I'm like, oh, my God, is this actor? I don't know why I decided Stellan just looks Turkish. I also don't. <laughs> that's my thing. Alberto, I know fan casting is not your strong suit, but do you want to chime in? Not, yes, not, I, not I agree with suit. everything that Maggie said. All those castings are perfect. That feeling characteristic <laughs> of that first one was spot on. Oh, <laughs> no, that I I can't have actors on top of my mind that aren't kind of famous actors out there because I don't know all those indie people out there. So it's hard for me to say someone. But if I start looking at different pictures or something, I can kind of start pointing out. I've heard about Jodie Comer for Avar Chris, and I do agree with her more than Brie Larson. I think Brie Larson is a pick that people say just to get the uh, man babies out there Mm-hmm. getting pissed at everything so i think jodie comer works her voice works um Wait, I think Comer, Jody Whitaker. sorry Whitaker. sorry yeah although i do like jodie comer too yeah i was but just that's ray's mom <laughs> i know i was just you watching know, free guy before this, this then she's was, not that i was watching free guy right now before this so i got confused uh the doctor the doctor um and I think Tom Holland works as Reed, especially the way he plays Spider-Man or Peter mm-hmm. Parker that, at the beginning. Because he's kind of that kind of same way. I see Reed that way. Uh, and I I think for for Stella, and I had seen this actor that w- had been in Game of Thrones one of those seasons. Ah, uh, was it? I don't know. Was it Richard Madden? Was it Kit Harrington? Oh, no, he's Michael, one of the, Michael, those Tracky. What's his Michael name? something. Oh, uh, Michael Hoosman. Yeah. Yes. I think I've I seen that one too. Yeah. I've seen that one too. Um, I like, I love him so much. He's beautiful. Um, I, I found the names of the, the Elzar and Stellan. Oh, Elzar, we had, um, Marwan. Marwan Kanzari. Kanzari. And then yeah. for Els, Els. Stellan. Stellan. Yes. Yeah. My brain was like, no, no. Was I overestimated my Ulusoy. <laughs> a beautiful man, either way. Absolutely beautiful man. Um, look, we all learn to say much more difficult names. All I need is yes. for somebody to say it to me. That, that's why I'm like, I, I'm like, I, I've only seen that C that way one time before in my life. And I don't remember how it was said. And I think it was in the middle of a word. <laughs> I think it's a CH, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yes, he's beautiful. That's all. That he's matters. a beautiful man. Um, I will post the link to this thread in the show notes. If anybody wants right. to see faces and not just take our word for it. <laughs> but with that in mind, was there anything else that two of you want to add about the future of the High Republic? Thoughts? I am. 
imploring Hopefully. the authors not to hurt us. And I know oh, I've given up. I know that's going to happen. <laughs> no, being hopeful is not the best way to go into the High Republic. But I'm hopeful <laughs> that some point soon it's going to end on a positive note. It can't always be downhill. And the way that we all keep messing with the, with the authors on Twitter about how we're all suffering or how much we cry and they just mess with us back. I think eventually, hopefully sooner, of course, with the fallen star starting wave three doesn't kind of look that's going in that direction. I'm hoping that some point soon it's going to at least look that our heroes, quote unquote, are kind of turning the tide and kind of winning an important battle without losing something. Because, yeah, they won at Valo, they won in, uh, in Hetzal, but there was, was always a loss at the end. I'm hoping at some point soon it's, no, they won. Yes, we can feel good. And then, then of course, they'll crush us back. But at least give us one book that ends on a positive note for everyone. Yeah, because, like, I mean, the whole era can't exactly end on a we lost note because yeah. we know they're going to survive for another 250 years. So the whole thing can't be all bad. So I agree. I would like something to end on a positive note. But I do worry because Charles Soule was out there going, oh, no, I hope nothing happens to Bell and Ember today. <laughs> not Ember. And no. Again, but... My sole comfort is knowing that he's not writing any of the book books. <laughs> and his main yeah. thing is going to be like the Eye of the Storm comic. I mean, yeah. Martian could still, we don't know, but that's my main Ours, we don't say right it. Now. Okay. You know. <laughs> Don't say it. I'm not speaking any of this into existence. It's almost December and I refuse to have this conversation. Nope, we're not speaking it into existence. We are not addressing it. We are simply going into wave three with hope. Hope is like the sun. Yes. You only believe in it when you can see it. You'll never make it through the night. And we will not make it through the High Republic without hope. So (laughs) we're going to end on a hopeful note. Very rogue one. Ending on hope. So... With that in mind, Maggie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the town. I have a handy little link tree in my bio. So you can find everything that I do because I do quite a bit because like Vernestra, I am one of those gift to kid burnout kids. So um, yeah, I also have a podcast on the Geeky Waffle Network, which is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast. So be sure to check that out. And Alberto, how about you? Uh, so Twitter and Instagram, <clears throat> sorry, Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. Uh, we do live YouTube shows every Saturday at 5 p.m. We'll be taking a little break in the holidays, but got a few more shows coming before the end of the year. And then those are released as audio podcasts on Monday. So yeah, check it out. And you'll find same link tree on Twitter for everything else. So yeah. And as for me, you can find me personally on Twitter at Arzuamin, and that's where you can get all the Space Waffles updates too. Um, Network-wise, you can find us on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are The Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, as well as on Patreon, where you can check out our tiers that include Discord and our Waffles After Dark. So thank you all so much for listening. Please have hope going into Wave 3, and may the waffles be with you.